You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. morning we have Pastor Joe Callie with us who's from the Pendel Network. He can explain that a little bit better than I can. So would you make him feel welcome this morning as he shares? Praise the Lord. It is great to be here this morning. God is good. And I think you already know that. I don't know if you guys are remember our last, I was here a year ago or so, and uh, it was an honor to preach then. I know Pastor Donnie was away for whatever, but I just remember leaving this place saying, this church has it. This church has it. We preached about being alive. We preached about how you guys are to reach your community like never before. And 95% of your church stood up and took that initiative. Pastor Donnie? You have an awesome church. You have a great community, Merle. Church, you have a great pastor. So can we give, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we give Pastor Donnie the loudest shout of praise because of what he's doing, what what God is doing through him to reach not just you but families around you, amen? So the count of three, make some noise for Pastor Donnie. One, two, three, go. And let's not forget his wife and kids as well. Keep going. Praise God. Well, hey, we're going to keep making noise this morning. You okay with that? Yeah. All right, so when I was a youth pastor for 14 years, one of the things we always do, we play a lot of games with icebreakers before the message. And uh, one way we really like to know if a, if a team wins is if the, if the crowd would make the loudest noise for that individual, okay? Um, so today, I'm just going to count. I'm going to say some stuff off. And I want you to make noise because you love what I'm about to say, okay? Um, so if it's something you can associate with, like, yeah, I like that, I want you to make noise. You can clap. You can shout. You can jump if you really, really love it, all right? Don't be shy, okay? Because these are things that you are passionate about and that you love, okay? So one of the first things, let's just shout out, like, if you guys love ice cream in the house, make some noise for the ice cream. How about Italian ice? Any Italian ice lovers? All right, now how about, uh, do you guys love sports? Eh, so not even like the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, okay. Uh, let me show you, like, um, do you guys love hunting? When I saw that wild game thing, like, I can't imagine what's going to be brought to that table, bro. Me and my son were talking, like, bro, I can, I'll bring squirrel. Like, that's as wild as I can get, okay? So, but, uh, but man, okay, so you guys love hunting out here. How about flannel? Yeah. All right, now how about uh, ho- the holidays? Do we like the holidays? Make some noise if you love Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is my favorite time of year. It always has been. I'll play Christmas music all year round. All right, I see some head shakers. I don't care what you think. It's supposed to be playing, okay? Um, so anyhow, so Christmas. But, uh, but I, I was a sports fanatic in high school. Um, I loved sports, and I loved the New York Yankees. Yes, a handful in the house. We'll get the rest saved by the end of the service. So I love the Yankees so much, and I think because, one of, first off, one of the, my favorite players growing up was Daryl Strawberry. He started on the Mets, and then he went to the Yankees, and that's kind of what, like, I followed him. Okay, 
But then as a high schooler in the 90s, 96 through 2000, the Yankees were killing it. They were like the best baseball team ever. All right, I still think they like they have 27 World Series wins. Okay, if you care, they're the number one spot. Okay, the next team behind them is the Cardinals, with only 11. All right, so the Yankees are like the best team in baseball. Okay, so but in high school, like I grew up in a family of seven, five kids, my my parents, you know, things like that. Um, so. I didn't always get, like, posters to hang up in my room, Pastor Donnie. I didn't get, like, you know, the, the Yankees comforters and all that stuff. What I did get, though, my dad was a subscriber to the Newsday, which is the local newspaper in Long Island. That was the local newspaper. And that's, like, that, when they sent that to the house, when the Yankees were playing, front cover, Paul O'Neill, front cover, New York Yankees, front cover, Derek Jeter, front cover, all this stuff. So I had this awesome idea. I love the Yankees so much, I'm going to take all the New York Yankees clippings out of the, out of the Newsday and just going to post it all in my room. That's what I did because I'm a Yankee fan. I like those Yankees, okay? I went to school, talked about the Yankees, always about the Yankees, all right? And like I said, from 96 to 2000, they won three out of the four World Series. Like, they were the best things to talk about, all right, in my opinion. So, but I did all this stuff, and then God called me to the ministry when I was 11th grade, and he pretty much told me, God, I want, Joe, I want you to help students make the best decision they can ever make, and that's to serve me. I knew that. I got saved when I was middle school. I went to a Christian school, and I still looked around, and I was like, man, I don't want to be like these kids. Straight up. But I knew what my parents believed. I knew I wanted what they had. So I confirmed my, life, my faith with, with Christ when I was in sixth or seventh grade, one of those years, middle school years, what I like to say. And then in high school when God called me to the ministry. Because I know living for Christ is awesome. Like it is the greatest way to live on this side of heaven. It is the most, most rewarding, most, uh, like when you go to bed at night, you don't have to wonder what you just did before you put your head on your, on your pillow. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're not with a hangover, but you're like, yo, yesterday was a good day. But today is going to be even better. Amen? So like living for God is awesome. And that's what like... So I went, into, uh, went to college for four years at Valley Forge, and I became a youth pastor in 2005 in Virginia Beach. And, man, students seeking a Savior, students getting saved, that's what God called me to help make happen. Because living for God is awesome. Amen? So I realized I'm a Yankee fan. Joe Torrey, the manager of the Yankees, had no clue Joe Cali was watching his team. Derek Jeter, who I watched him come into the league, and I was like, wow, he's a great player. And he's like the all-star of shortstops. And I'm like, this is a, like, if I could be anybody, like, I would love to be Derek. If I could meet anybody, it would have been Derek Jeter. And Derek Jeter doesn't even know Joe Kelly exists. I put all this emphasis, and I decorated my, my room with stupid newspaper clippings. Because when I moved out, guess what? There was black soot all across my way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But I did this because I thought I loved the Yankees so much. When they don't even know Joe Cali exists. Can I tell you, friends? There is one who knows all about Joe Cali. There is one who knows all about you, and that is God, your Father in heaven. Amen? He knows exactly where, the Bible says, before you were formed in the womb of your mother, he knew you. So if you're in the house this morning, you're like, man, I feel like no one notices me. Let me tell you something. God notices you. That's why he brought you here this morning. 
He wants you to be a part of his family. Amen? The greatest family that we can have to be a part of. So we, I made so much noise for the Yankees, and I was like, man, I got to stop that. I got to stop that. We need to make noise for Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because let me tell you, in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 11, it talks about in heaven. God, God gives John the, uh, John the disciple, okay, he gives his revelation, which is the book of Revelation, about the end times and about what heaven looks like and what the earth's going to look like and all that stuff as Jesus comes back and all that. But in the, in the book of Revelation, you can read it, it says that he's seen, he's seen the, the throne of God. And all that he hears is angels declaring, holy, 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 worthy is the lamb. Like the lamb that was slain, the one who is and is to come. That's constantly being repeated in heaven. There is so much noise in heaven about who God is, about how great he is. Friends, we can I challenge you today that we make more noise for Jesus on this side of heaven. Because let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, when they, all you're ever going to want to do is shout praises to God. If you don't love it down here, then let me tell you something. You got to get to heaven, you're going to be very disappointed. So on the count of three, we're going to make noise for Jesus. We're going to make noise for God on this side of heaven because it's just getting us primed for when we meet the creator. It's just getting us primed when we meet the king of kings. It's just getting us primed when we actually see the face of God. So on the count of three, you really thought you liked hunting. You really think flannel is pretty awesome. Wait till you get to heaven and see God wearing a flannel shirt. Okay? So on the count of three, let's make noise for your Father in heaven, God the Creator. One, two, three. Make a shout of noise. Amen. You are holy God. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise God. Hallelujah. Like this, like... Pastor Donnie, when we, like, if you could just see, like when people give God praise, the whole demeanor changes. The atmosphere in the room changes. Like y'all already had it when you came in this morning. You really did. And that's why, like Pastor Donnie said, it's a great day to be in the house of God. It is, let me tell you. Mike on the, on the, the guitar said the same thing. It's great to be in the house of God with other brothers and sisters that love Jesus Christ. Again, if you don't like doing it down here, heaven's not going to be where you want to be. So just get used to making noise for Jesus. Amen? So as I said, I was youth pastor for 14 years. Five years in Virginia Beach. And then nine years, God led us to Pennsylvania, New Holland, Pennsylvania, at a church called Lighthouse Assembly of God. When I drove into the church, down the street from the church, I apologize, There was a school on the side, and as I drove past the school to the church, I felt God prompt upon me, Joe, that's the mission field. When I was in Virginia Beach, I constantly told our students, reach the lost in your school. Then when I came to Lighthouse in New Holland, it was, that is the mission field, Joe. So when I got to church, I got there, I realized within the first year, like, people had the knowledge of who Jesus is. People would go to church on Sunday. But that was like it. Like they didn't reach out to the lost. They didn't say, hey, we got to go reach the people. I remember one of our students saying, like, there's so many people who deal drugs and so many, like, people at party. Like, I don't even want to hang out with them. I don't want to talk with them. And that, like, broke my heart. Because those are the ones that need Jesus. 
And I quickly tell students, because like Pastor Don, you a youth pastor too, like we quickly tell students like reach them, but don't like go party with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a difference between there. Oh, well, Pastor Joe, they invited me to this party and you said reach the law, so I'm going to go. And man, there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, like that's not what we say. Okay. So, but I remember telling our students, man, let's stop doing this. What I like to call it keeping salvation to ourselves like let's stop taking the bible let's stop taking the scripture let's stop saying like hey i'm saved i'm going to heaven praise the lord but you're not sucks for you <laughs> like enough is enough i'm saved man i hope you get saved too check it out this is the gospel this is what you need so we challenge our students and we want students specifically she was one of those like i said she was like I- i'm saved i'm just reached the lost. She started talking about Jesus in school. She started making noise for Jesus in school. She started inviting students to, to the youth group. I think within a year and a half time, there was like 13 students that came to church on youth services. And then those family members started coming to church on Sundays. Two of which students that did not know Jesus at all before they stepped foot at Lighthouse Assembly. One student saying, you know what? I'm going to go reach people. I'm going to reach people for Christ. There's a lot of students yet to still be reached. So after nine years of youth ministry, uh, in 2019, my wife and I were in a season of transition, figuring out, God, where are you taking us next? There was no reason to leave Lighthouse. We loved it, everything about it. We still go. That's our home church. We still travel there for our church, you know. And uh, my wife and I just came across Joshua chapter 3, where it talks about... um, God telling Joshua, you're going to go to the other side. You're going to go to this side of the Jordan. But first, you put the Ark of the Covenant in the Jordan and let the priests start walking in the river. And all I know is, like, if you don't know, if you're not familiar, the Ark of the Covenant is the presence of God. So my wife and I read that, and we were like, okay, it's time to just move on. Tell pastor, it's just our time. We don't know what it looks like, but let's just go. So I remember meeting my, my pastor and telling him, and he's like, Joe, I understand. He's like, I, I to the end of 2018, I felt God impressed upon my heart. You're going to, you're going to, I'm to release you. But he's like, Joe, do you know what you're going to do? I said, no. He's like, do you know where you're going to go? Like, do you have any uh, leads or anything? I said, no, pastor. This is a step of faith. I don't know. I just know I need to be obedient. And he's like, that's cool. But Joe, you got five kids. You really remember that, right? I said, yes. Now, he wasn't throwing me out. Like I said, we had a great relationship, and he, he would have had me there as long as, you know, as long as God opened up an opportunity. But within three days' time, I was presented with the opportunity to become a U.S. missionary. Now, you need to know in about 2000, and, I'll say 2014, 2015, God laid upon my heart that America needs Jesus. So we started doing more stateside mission trips rather than going overseas. And so when three days later, I was like, okay, U.S. missionary, that's me. Like, I'll do that. What does that look like? And I also knew, Pastor Donnie, I wasn't going to go from one youth ministry to another youth ministry. Some pastors do that, and that's fine. I mean, Pastor Donnie, you came from Monroeville and came here, right? I'm like, so you knew where God was calling you. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I knew, like, that step for me to youth ministry, I knew I loved students still, but I just didn't know what it was going to look like. And this U.S. missions role is Youth Alive. What Youth Alive is, is like Pastor Donnie said, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's like a resource to Pendel. All of our churches, where I get to travel, Pennsylvania and Delaware, helping students talk about Jesus in their local school. We want to equip as many students as possible because the harvest is ripe. 
in America, students have to go to school. Most of them go to the public school system. And if you guys know anything, the public school system really doesn't love Jesus. But our students that love Jesus are walking those halls. Our students who love Jesus can bring Jesus to school and to those students that are dying and going to hell. Those are the students. That's how we in America can infiltrate every school is through students. Check out this video as we kind of give you an intro of what Youth Alive is. There's over 1.9 million students across the states of Pennsylvania and Delaware. These are students in your community, on your local sports team, at the local parks, and walk the halls of your schools, making it the greatest mission field your local school. My name is Joe Callie, and it's my wife Becky, and we have the privilege of serving as Youth Live missionaries across the states of Pennsylvania and Delaware, equipping students to be bold in their faith and reach the lost. Youth Alive is a ministry that works through the local church, resourcing some of the necessary tools for your students to be successful at sharing their faith. Such as campus missions trainings, resources to launch Bible clubs, school outreaches, the Seven Project, which is a school assembly-based program, and the Fearless One Day Conference, which is specifically designed with workshops and tools to help students reach other students with the gospel. With God's help, would you partner with us in your prayers and your giving as we raise up a generation of students who are bold in their faith to reach the lost? To partner with us, you can visit our website at PendelYouthAlive.com. Let's empower students together. So through Youth Alive, we help students plant Bible clubs, campus clubs, I was talking to a young lady this morning. She said she was used to be in the school system, and she oversaw one of the school clubs. And she said, man, after the Bible club, she's like, she had to stay after school for it, but she's like, after the, seeing the students wrap around and, and enjoy the gospel and reach people, she was like energized, like, I'm glad I stayed for this, you know? So students in the house, catch a vision for your school. That's your mission field. That's your mission field. Like, we have, like some of you guys pay thousands of dollars to go to Africa, you know, to go to other countries, you know, to do missions work. But, man, you got to go to school every day. Why not go on mission? Why not go on with the fact that I can reach the lost? Why not go with the vision like, man, that God, you put me in this high school for a reason, not just to get good grades. Because let me tell you something. My kids, they understand being a campus missionary is a student that shares, faith, that shares Jesus in their public school. My kids understand that, and they said, like, like, I would much rather them understand, like, hey, I'm going to reach the lost in this school rather than getting straight A's. I know parents might like, Joel, come on. My kid needs to get the scholarship money, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. I'm a firm believer. If we're about what God's about, what God's most passionate about, he'll provide a way for your son and daughter to go to college. He'll provide a way and an opportunity. And I also challenge you, your student will not fail. I want my kids to reach the lost in school. My one son said, Joe, uh, Dad, like some, some kids just started coming and talking to me about some stuff. And I said, that's because you're on mission. God will bring people to your life because he knows you're talking about Jesus. If you're not talking about Jesus, yeah. Why is God going to bring people that need Christ into your path if you're not willing to talk about them? So as a student, 
okay, yeah, be a captain of the football team. Yeah, whatever. But I want you to be sold out for Jesus than ever before. Because if you're not going to do it as a teenager, what makes us think they're going to do it post-high school? If you're not going to reach the loss as a teenager, I mean, some of us sitting in the pews today are like, man, I'm 40 years old, I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old. I wish I talked about Jesus in school. So teenagers, you have an opportunity to do something that some of us might not have done very well. So we want you to be able to say, man, I want you to reach. So we help you to plant Bible clubs. We've had students say, uh, uh, tap us and say, well, our school's not letting us do a faith-based club. And I said, well, actually, there's laws in America that you have to, they have to let you. So they would give them the opportunities, the resources to go back to their school. And their school has to recant. And they say, yes, you can start a Bible club. Which I say, ha ha. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's all about. So understanding, so adults in the house, like, you guys don't have the authority to go into the public school and, and do that, but our students do. So we need to keep training our students to keep going after Jesus in school somehow, some way. It's like we're launching them into this mission field, and we got to resource them with the tools to make it happen. So there's a school assembly model that we do. There's a seven project that we do. There's all sorts of things that we have our campus missions, Zoom trainings we do monthly. Um, and so your students can be a part of those things. And, like, we want students just, man, being loud for Jesus in school. Stop talking about the Yankees. Stop talking about hunting. I know that hurts, but you know what? Let's talk about Jesus. That's life-changing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 116, for it is the power of salvation to all who believe. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's powerful. That is so powerful. So through Youth Alive, that's what we do. We help students get on that track. We also help and connect the local church to the, school, to the local school. Because in every community is a, is a local public school. Every, every community. We got to be reaching them. We got to be reaching them. I have a, I have a vi uh, not a video, a picture of some students that we have. Campus missionaries. There it is. My friend Izzy, 10th grade. She said, Pastor Joe, I got to share with you something. I said, what's up? She said, I had a vision. I had a vision from God the other night. And God told me, Izzy, I'm sending Jesus back very soon. Tell everybody. So you know what Izzy did? I'm so glad. Like, this is why I love youth ministry. Because teenagers are awesome. Like, they are bold. They are passionate. Like, when they're after something, like, some of you guys are parents of teenagers. Like, yeah, they are bold. They are passionate. But when they're bold and passionate about the right things, whoo, they can move mountains, my man. So check it out. So Izzy, so she told she. Turn her phone on, and she sent a text message to every contact in her phone that Jesus was coming back. Some of us as adults would have woke up the next morning and said, was that a dream? Did God really tell me to send it to everybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, she did it. So she started, then she started all social media platforms on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. She started doing devotionals. She started talking about Jesus. She had a lot of DMs come through. Two of which said, Izzy, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? She was able to lead them to Christ. Two students that she said, Pastor Joe, these students did not know Jesus before this. That is students reaching the lost. They're making more noise on social media for Jesus than what they ate the night before. All right, so check it out. And then also Victor, in the, uh, uh, my top right, I don't know what's there, my bad. But Victor, he's up in Athens, PA. He's like, he's like I want to start a Bible club. So we give them all the resources. You could check out the resources on PendelYouthLive.com. And I said, well, here's the resources. Launch your Bible club. 
He launched it. I asked him how the first, how the first uh, meeting went. He's like, it was just me. I was like, Victor, did God tell you to do this? He's like, yeah, you keep going after it. Next week later, four students showed up. And I said, Victor, you grew by 400%, bro. Keep getting it, son. You got to start somewhere, right? Then we have uh, Clarissa. She's got the gray T-shirt on all the way to the right, maybe. All right. This young lady in middle school started sharing her faith, started going to Bible clubs, was leading the Bible club by the end of middle school, went, uh, went to high school, and she's like, man, I just want to keep talking about Jesus. She started evangelizing to her friend right there in the black Youth Alive sweatshirt, uh, T-shirt. Her friend is Janelle. She started telling her, hey, you need to come to church. Janelle comes to church, she gets saved. Her best friend, like her best friend, never got saved until now. All right? She get, went to Pendell's youth camp, okay? Um, and then the school year starts coming back up this year, and, and Clarissa's like, I just got to, she's like, she's got a call to evangelism. And she's like, I just got to keep sharing. And so she, uh, she went to her volleyball tryouts. She's all athletics as well. And so she went to volleyball tryouts. And she goes, and then by the day two or three, they, the volleyball coach gave a, uh, a sheet of paper out. On the sheet of paper was all the practices and games. And she quickly looked over and looked for Wednesday night. And she's like, this ain't going to fly. Wednesday night, she goes, I'm going to church. She took her sheet of paper, went to the volleyball coach, said, hey, just want to let you know, Wednesday nights, I go to church. I'm a believer in Christ. Uh, that's my faith. Like, I'm first going to be in church. I just want to let you know that. And the coach is like, well, maybe we can work something out. Maybe we can do something different. You're like, no, I'm just letting you know. I know you're making cuts, but I'm just, gonna, I'm, let, I'm just leaving that out there for you, okay? So she goes, as she walks back, um, she tells her, JV, the JV coach stops her. And the JV coach says, hey, Clarissa, what you just did there took bold, boldness and courage. And he said, thanks for doing that because I'm a man of faith. He's like, but you can do that, so thank you so much. So she's like, all right. So she goes home, and she's, like I said, she, she put it on the line. She's going to church. That's her, that's her first love. So then she, uh, she goes home. She goes to the next day of tryouts, and then the last day of tryouts she goes, and the coach gives out a brand-new sheet of paper. She looks it over. Guess what? Wednesday nights are free. Wow. Students can do that. A parent of a student, the volleyball coach like, forget you. But a student stepping up. Now the sad thing to me, my man, is like, like in America, that's being bold. It's so twisted. It's so twisted. Students have to sacrifice an athletics team, whatever, because the athletic team don't care about your faith. But she was bold. And then sure enough, like I said, you're about God's business. He makes a way. Okay? So God heard her cry, and he provided the way for her to be a part of the volleyball team. And then she's like, I got to share with you this, this picture. I think it was one more picture, I think. Maybe. If not, it's okay. There it is. She said, first volleyball game, she's like, coach, can I go to center court and pray? And the, the JV coach, because that's what she's playing, she's like, well, you got to talk to the varsity coach. So she walks to the varsity coach. Varsity coach, can I, 
go to the center court and pray. And the varsity coach says, well, actually, you got to talk to the athletic director. Exactly. Like, this is bogus. She wants to pray. Can I just tell you something? Uh, I was just the other day, um, you know how, like, you see, like, we have some Christmas decorations, and sometimes some of it says Xmas and stuff like that. And my son said, why is there Xmas on some stuff? And I'm going to tell you why. I said, because uh, this, is just, this is just for the heck of it, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because people don't like saying the word Christ. And my son put it together. He says, that's how powerful his name is. Okay? I don't care. I mean, you might sit in the house like, well, that's actually short in Christmas. I don't care what you say. All right? Because let me tell you, Christ's name is powerful. Christ's name is powerful. So when I say, like, she's got to go through all these chains to go and pray, because people understand there is power in prayer. There is power in the name of Jesus. And our world doesn't like that. And that's okay because the Bible says that Jesus himself said, the world hated me first. So get prepared. They're going to hate you. But don't be afraid for I have overcome the earth. You will overcome it as well. So friends, it's time for our teenagers, middle school and high school students to make bold moves on a school campus. It's time for churches to make bold moves to say, I'm going to reach that public school. I don't care. They might not like me. They, not might, they might not like the message, but the message has to get there. We have to figure out a way to get into the public school. So there are thousands of students that need to know who Jesus is. How dare we not help our students preach the gospel? How dare we not reach the public school? It's the greatest mission field you and I are placed in in America. John chapter 1, verse 12. And this is why people need to get saved. Got it? John chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 1 through 12. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Verse 6, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Who was that light? Jesus Christ. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all, everybody say all, who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right, everybody say the right, to become children of God. Man, being a part of God's family is the best family to be a part of. I don't know what your mom and dad was like. I don't know what your brothers and sisters are like. But let me tell you, in the family of God, the Father in heaven is the greatest dad you'll ever have. Your brothers and sisters in Christ will be the best brothers and sisters you have ever had. It's for everybody. We need more people. The Bible says that Jesus is not coming back because God is still waiting. There's still people that are yet to be caught. There are still people. Are we doing our part? The Bible says in Romans, 
if the worship team wants to come forward. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, For whoever calls on the, middle, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 2.21, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Joel 2.32, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everybody say whoever. whoever. In some translations it says everyone. Everybody say everyone. everyone. In some translations it says all. Everybody say all. So when it says, all who believe shall be saved, how many people is that? All. all. When it says, all that call in the name of the Lord shall be saved, how many people? All. So that's the drug dealer that doesn't know Jesus yet. That's this individual that is a loner that doesn't know who Jesus is yet. That's everybody. That's everybody in the school system. That's everybody in your workplace. Adults, just because you're not in middle school and high school, don't, you're, not off the, you're not off the block. It's time for you to go to work as your missionaries and, man, I'm going to go reach people as my, in my workplace. Wherever you are at, it's the power of salvation is the gospel. Everywhere you go, I pray that you get a mindset to reach the lost like never before. You guys understand. Time is short. The Bible says in James that our life is but a vapor. It's a mist. Here one second, gone the next. Before you know it, we're going to blink and we're going to be in heaven. Or you're going to blink and you might be in hell. If you have your faith in Christ, you're going to join me in heaven, brother or sister. If you, if you refuse the gospel, you'll go to hell. But I don't think anybody in the house wants to go to hell today. I think people in this house, if you didn't know who Jesus was and you walked in today, you're like, I want to be a part of whatever God's doing here in this church. And what God's doing is the family of God is growing. The family of God is strong and vibrant. The family of God, there's still room for you. In Romans chapter 10, it states, how then shall, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Friends, this is the gospel, the greatest message. How will people hear it if you're not speaking? How will people hear it if you're not reaching them with the gospel. That's not just for the preachers. Pastors aren't just the ones that are supposed to give the altar calls. Missionaries aren't just the ones that give the altar calls. You can do the altar call right in your, your work cubicle. You can do the altar call right at the family room table. You can do the altar call right in the parking lot. Enough is enough, church. It's not just pastor. It's not just his wife. It's not just his kids. It's just not the, man, the missionary or the evangelist. It's God's people to reach the lost. With every head bowed and every eye closed. We read in John chapter 1, Jesus Christ was already in heaven at the creation of the world. He left heaven to come to earth 
to die on the cross to take every sin, every sickness and disease, and he died on the cross that you might have life and life abundantly. The greatest message is that Christ died on the cross, but three days later, he rose from the grave. That's historically documented. I don't care what textbooks want to tell you. Archaeologists will confirm that the tomb where Jesus' body is, is empty. Jesus will never be found on this side of heaven. He will never be found because let me tell you, he's going to come back riding, riding a horse from the clouds. That's how Jesus is coming back. Friends, if you're in this house today and you walked into to Crossroads, you said, man, this is the first time I've heard about Jesus. It's the first time I've heard I could be a part of this family. If that's you this morning, you say, God, I see a Pastor Joe, I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now and say, man, I believe in Jesus and I want to get saved this morning. Lift your hands. All right, every eye open, every head up. We started the, the, the service making noise for things that we liked. I gave you a brief moment to make noise for God. I want us to make so much noise for God that the houses around you We'll look out their window and look at their front porch and say, wow, what is happening over in that direction? Jesus Christ came and paid your price that you might have life everlasting in heaven. It's the greatest thing that we've received is eternity in heaven. It's the greatest gift that you'll ever receive on this side of heaven is salvation. He deserves so much praise. He deserves so much noise. Like we cannot, like so much that like we will never be able to satisfy. But can I just challenge us to make so much noise for Jesus, not giving a care who you're next to, not giving you a care about how you might sound, because you might sound weird and that's okay. But let me tell you something. We've done some weird stuff for sports teams before. Like put up news clippings on your walls. I'm reminded one time I went to a, uh, a minor league baseball team. I painted my chest white, put one of the blue letters of the, 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 the Norfolk Tides. Me and a few of us guys, and we went out there and did it. Like, it was so stupid. It was like the most foolish thing I've ever done. And I, I just admitted that to you guys, okay? And we'll, we'll, like, we'll do a lot of stuff for things that we love on this side of heaven. But as you make noise for Jesus, this is my only one thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to clap. Because we can clap all day long. At the moment, at every church that you attend, every, every, every um, conference you go to, Hey, can we give it up for so-and-so? What do we do first? We go straight to clapping. But 
you know it's the power of life and death is in our tongue. What we say is powerful. Like when we get to heaven, we're not going to do this. I'm just saying. Because when I've seen people watch a football game, the Super Bowl or something, and they're passionate about the play that just happened, they don't jump out of their recliner and they go like this. They don't. They shout down the quarterback. They shout down all the things that they see on TV, okay? So if we can shout down things that we watch out on TV and things like that, we better shout out the name of Jesus because even the demons will shudder at the name of Jesus. Not at a hand clap. Jesus Christ himself, when he rose Lazarus from the dead, he didn't walk over to the tomb and just motion. He didn't do that, friends. Jesus Christ himself, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He used his mouth. What do you need to see God do today? What do you need to see God to break off your life? Friends, it's giving God a shout of praise. It's the praises that, that broke the walls of Josh of Jericho. It's the praises. Friends, on the count of three, we're gonna make so much noise, for God deserves it. And because at that moment, I believe chains will be broken. I believe addictions can happen, can break off of you. Friends, it's not a hand clap. It's the words that we use. So on the count of three, you can jump, I'm okay with that. You can run around. I'm okay with that. Because I think we're going to run. I think we're going to jump. I think we're going to shout like crazy in heaven. We're not going to play video games. We're going to worship the great king of kings. So on the count of three. Why don't you actually want y'all stand to your feet just so you're ready. And I'm going to time you. Because we, we were quick to say something fast and then boom. 30 seconds, can we do that? 30 seconds, give God the loudest shout of praise and declare his faithfulness, declare his great name on the count of three. One, are you ready? Two, I'm telling you, how cool would it be if all of a sudden, when you shouted the great name of Jesus, when you praised God, like, could you imagine Jesus comes back and all of a sudden we were on earth and now we're in heaven praising God. I'm not saying he's coming back when we say, I'm just kind of giving you a little Joe Cali thought, okay? Let's go, church. One, two, three, go! This has been an audio recording from Crossroads Community Church. If you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us, you can follow us on social media at C3Lehigh or email us at info at C3Lehigh.com. We'd love to hear from you.